Welcome to the podcast. I'm Jamie Baines. Today's guest is Morgan, a woman who, while at work one day, got hit with a seizure, lost consciousness, and woke up at Johnson Willis Hospital in Chesterfield, Virginia, surrounded by her family and the medical staff. Morgan's story of survival and recovery is nothing short of amazing. I hope you enjoy the interview. Hey, Morgan, welcome to the podcast. Can you? Uh, Thank you. Oh, you are, but yeah, boy, I just go. cut you off just like that. I know it's two people who talk a lot talking right in front of each other. So I'm sorry. Can you, can you just introduce yourself and let us know where you're coming from? Okay. So, Jamie, my name is Morgan, and you have heard my story. You're familiar with my story. I am um, very familiar with it, and it's amazing. All right. Um, yeah, it was it. It was surprising. It has been amazing um so it started out at as you remembered you just want me to launch into this right i do absolutely because pe- uh, right. people don't aren't, aren't going to know yet what we're talking about yet i'll give a little introduction um okay. before our interview but i want people to know exactly what happened to you because it's just so incredible okay and how old so, are you first of all how old are you i just turned 37 and, and then how this, old were you when it yes, happened so this all began, well, who knows when it all began, but I first became aware on August 2nd, 2012. So when I was 28 years old, you know, I had just turned 28 in July. Um, I was at work, wasn't feeling great, but it's not like, oh, I'm sick with a cold or I have diarrhea it was nothing like that. It was just like, I just don't feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, it sort of uh, turned into uh, this storm was coming in. And you know how hot and sweaty and nasty Richmond is in August. Yes. And so we had one of these big afternoon storms rolling in. And I just remember feeling terrified, absolutely terrified. And I was by myself in a parking lot <laughs> because of my job at the time. Um, and so I was in this back corner of a parking lot over in Southside um, waiting for customers, um, which sounds bizarre. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe you need to back up a little bit and say <laughs> what okay. your job was. <laughs> yep, right. Um, so, but, you know, I was... <laughs> Not just you're in the for, back corner waiting for customers when a storm was coming. I was in the back in. corner waiting for customers, right? right? No, I was. I had. I was um, working for an online grocery store, and so it was sort of Amazon Fresh before Amazon Fresh existed. So we did home deliveries. Okay. But we also drove trucks into neighborhoods, and we hung. We went to schools and we went to community centers we went to office parks and so we waited for customers to pick up their orders at places that were convenient for them gotcha and so that's what i was doing and you know i felt horrible and i really i just felt terrified um i woke up in a hospital just um, out of the blue just the what was the last thing you remember or do you even the remember the last thing i remember is climbing into the cab of the truck because like i said i was feeling terrified 
of lightning. And is that was and, that odd for you to be fearing a storm like that? Was that part of what was coming? Do you think, or had you always been scared uh, of storms? This was this was an exceptional fear. Okay. This was like fear, like I have never felt. Okay. And so I climbed into the cab of the truck to wait out the storm um, because I was scared of this lightning and scared of the storm. Um, but I was probably like scared of something internal because I remember sort of nodding out a little bit um, and I heard someone yelling and I reached out to open the door, you know, to sort of be like, oh, you know, I'm sorry, I must have fallen asleep. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, you know, I, I just felt alarmed that I had, that I wasn't responding to this person. And I reached my left hand out and I see that it is shaking. And I thought, I am having a seizure. Um, I had never had a seizure before, but I knew exactly that that's what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my last memory before waking up in a hospital and so at the hospital you know I had my whole family standing around I had nurses coming in and out and I remember them telling me that I have a brain tumor just no other warning of it just just like that boom you've got a brain tumor there's no way you could have known before or just right yeah, and so I've learned a lot about brain tumors. And, you know, this is this will be nine years ago mm-hmm. as I'm talking. Um, it's it's remarkable. Uh, you know, when I looked up the type of tumor I have on, you know, when I did a Google search, when I got home from the hospital, you know, sort of the estimated survival time past diagnosis is seven years. Um, so... It's a low-grade tumor. It's not extremely aggressive. It's cancerous, though, and and it's in my brain. Um, and so, you know, it's not easy to treat brain tumors, um, and there are several reasons, and I can talk about those reasons. Can you tell ad us? Ad nauseum. Can you tell mm-hmm. us what kind of tumor it was? Yeah, so I had... Or is, rather. Is, yeah, so that's also interesting i um listened to your podcast the other day and and you were talking to a young woman who has or had breast cancer Mm -hmm. um and brain tumors are a little different she sounds remarkable by the way Um, (laughs) but brain tumors i have one doctor who says that i am in remission which is awesome and for all like you know in reality i am Mm -hmm. that's Um, fantastic yes it is but also a lot of doctors don't use the term remission for brain tumors because we don't really have a good picture of them my tumor is an oligodendroglioma um, and these tumors have long microscopic tendrils so they can sort of, when they did a resection, they did brain surgery and they sort of scooped out the biggest area of it. But these tendrils sort of creep into the brain. 
And so, and they're, like I said, they're microscopic. So they can do MRIs and they can't see them. Um, but they are reticent to say it's gone um, because brains also don't have a lymphatic system. So even though I've treated, you know, I've done radiation and chemotherapy, um, but a body's lymphatic system sort of washes away the dead cells. And every time I get an MRI, the doctors are like, yay, it looks the same. Um. (laughs) But so that doesn't necessarily mean great stuff, right? Because of what you just said. Yeah, well, you know, it does mean great stuff, though, for just the language is very different around brain tumors. So it is great. Um, The fact that my tumor looks the same, which is sort of like I have a hole in my brain from where they scooped out the tumor. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And they haven't noticed any big changes around the edges. Um, and that's where they'd see it if if it was coming back. Yeah, they look. Typically, it would be in that in the same area. That's where it's going to start to grow again. And so quickly, I'll just. I know I'm <laughs> I'm no, hopping around a lot. So yes, what happened is I woke up in the hospital. They had to induce a coma because I had was having such intense seizures. Um, and, you know, my family was told, we don't know if she is going to live through these seizures. Mm. And if she does, we don't know that she's going to have much brain function. Like I was having very violent seizures. And so I just like the fact that I woke up in the first place is amazing. Um, How long were you in an induced coma for? I woke up the next night. Okay. So I was, it was like, I think 30 some hours. Um, so, the, and they, they induced that to get the seizures down, to get me, they had to physically restrain me because I was, I think, just thrashing and fighting and just a danger to myself and others, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, who were close to me. Um and so that way they were able to get an image of my brain when they said oh this she's not having a seizure because she's overdosed she's not having a seizure because she was beaten up in this parking lot um she's having a seizure because of something internal um and you know my I, I just, I cannot thank my support system enough. Um, I had so many people there for me. My job was awesome. I had disability insurance, so I could work on recovery. Um, I had surgery right there in that hospital. They um, told us, look, this thing is big enough that she, you know, it was life-threatening. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing that we got her when we did, that we were so close to a hospital, that we started calming her brain down a little bit. Um, what hospital was it? It was Johnston Willis, because that's where we were. I was in, over in Chesterfield, okay. so that was the closest hospital. And you love the they, 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 perf- they did a great job. You're just very supportive of them. 
So, yeah, the hospital itself, oh, my gosh, there's a neuro ICU there. Those nurses were wonderful. Um, I think that they, the chaplain, the hospital chaplain was wonderful. Um, I think that they did a really good job. Um, they do not have neuro-oncologists there. So they said, we think this is what it is. We do have brain surgeons, so we're just going to pop this out. <laughs> just, um, pop, just pop your skull off. and Right. We're just going to yeah, pop your skull off and, um, and get in there. And the thing about it, too, is I, I guess with any cancers, they, don't, they can see that something is there. They can't tell exactly what it is or how long it's been there. Um, so meaning how quickly it's growing. So the good thing about my diagnosis is that it's slow growing. So what we did is at Johnston Willis, like I said, they did brain surgery. I did, <laughs> the surgeon paralyzed my arm during brain surgery, which Intentionally or unintentionally? Yeah, <laughs> unintentionally, okay. which is now like, yeah, no, they don't do that intentionally. Um, <laughs> I didn't which, know it was part of like the induced coma thing. Well, we're just going to paralyze right. your right arm. <laughs> <laughs> well, my left arm. Um, oh, your left arm. My okay. left arm, yes. And so just these tumors, your brain is really critical. Your brain does everything. Um, and so I am very fortunate that my tumor is in an area of my brain that doesn't like uh, impact my speech or my intellect or my sense of humor um, or anything like that. It didn't impact my eyesight. Um, it was close to the skull, so they didn't have to go through a lot of healthy brain to get to it. Um, so I am lucky in so many ways but my tumor was close enough to some of my motor skills. And so he just sliced through a little bit of healthy tissue trying to get that out. And that is not uncommon. Um, it's not like, oh, we're so angry, we're gonna sue the doctor in the hospital. No, I have talked to a ton of people. I talked to other brain surgeons who were like, oh yeah, I'd be lying if I told you I'd never paralyzed somebody. <laughs> like that's just that's that happens surgeon humor, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, you know, it's unfortunate, but it. And know. is that a permanent paralysis? So I did several years of occupational therapy. What? Oh, neuroplasticity is awesome stuff. So what happens is your brain uses tried and true pathways to do everything that it has to do. Um, but, you know, my brain did not want to lose contact with my arm. And so I'm going to try to keep this short. I did a lot of therapy over maybe 18 months and my brain was able to find my arm and sort of create new pathways. That's amazing. Um, it, which is amazing. Um, occupational therapy is fascinating. Brains are fascinated. I can like, I'm struggling to keep this short because I can just talk about that for <clears throat> forever as well. Um, 
Yes. So I, my left arm is imperfect. It's a little clumsy. I can't type with it. I don't have fine motor skills with my left hand. Um, but nobody looks at me and goes, oh, poor thing. She's paralyzed. I move it when I walk. I had to work on that. I had to think about swinging my arm. Um, that was an exercise. Uh, I gesture with it. I use it daily. Um, but it is sort of clumsy and weird. <laughs> um, so anyway i just ooh, like the way you it, talk i just like i just like well it's just clumsy and weird but just so, just so is. matter of fact but it's so it's just it's just so incredible um and it, you're teaching oh, now right is that right i am and so you know we'll fast forward um after surgery wound up getting second opinions i had to leave johnson willis they don't have an oncologist there um wound up getting radiation and chemotherapy. Um, and I have done really well. I am teaching part-time because it, it is exhausting. And can, you, can, you <laughs> can you tell us what you're teaching? Yes, I'm teaching English to immigrants. And I love my job. You know, it's always, there's always the like administration bit that is a headache. But my students are so... You, you just cracked me up. You're just, well, just an aside. Administration is a headache, but I love it. I, it's awesome. I'm sorry. Go on. Well, I, I mean, I'm sure that there are things like that about your job, things that you love, and then there's also, like, the paperwork. Yes. Um, <laughs> and some, like, you know, talking to bosses and sitting around in meetings. Um, how, but my students... I was going to uh -huh. say, how old are the students that you teach? Are we talking adults, kids, both? yes. They are all adults. <clears throat> I have taught people from the age of 18 to like 75. Wow. Um, oh, and everybody is motivated. I always say it's not like teaching math to fourth graders <laughs> where you have to be like, I promise this will be useful. Um, please pay attention. Everybody in that class is there because they want to be there, and they are there because they see the value in it. And are um, you multilingual? No. Wow. <laughs> no, I'm just like a, I'm just like a silly American. <laughs> and so I, you know, I tell people that, and and I'm like, I really respect what you're doing because I can't do that. Um, but yeah, every time I feel like I'm dragging my feet, I feel motivated every time I see them because they're like, give us more. And we how, need this. Give how us large more. are your classes? They're small. And right now they're on Zoom, which is difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I currently, this summer, I, I have a class of nine students, um, which feels very big on Zoom because everybody needs to talk. Mm -hmm. um, that's a big part of my class. Uh, you know, understanding a new language is completely different than finding words and speaking a new language. It's a different skill. Um, so nine students, it sounds really small, but it feels much bigger. Um, the students, you asked if I was bilingual or multilingual, 
I am not. I have students who speak Spanish. I have students who speak French. I have students who speak Vietnamese. Um, I've taught people from every continent. Um, I've taught people from a ton of different countries, a ton of different circumstances and situations. Some people who are here with, you know, um, without formal education, some who can read Shakespeare, mm -hmm. um, but have, but again, can't speak. So, um, yeah, it's, it's diverse in every sense of the word. Do you stay in touch with your students once they, once they leave your class? <laughs> yeah, a lot of them, <laughs> which is also one of the reasons, I mean, having a brain tumor is very tiring. Um, I, am tired. Sometimes I struggle finding words, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'll take your I word on that one. It doesn't seem like you're having trouble. <laughs> I'm having trouble finding the words, but you definitely don't seem to be. Okay. Well, thank you. But yeah, I, I get very tired by the end of the day. Um, it, but I have so much wonderful community and so many wonderful people who I want to talk to and stay in touch with. And I've learned so much from my students. Um, I have, there's one family I visited on July 2nd um, for one of their birthdays. And um, the, I, a student just returned. She visited her family in Ivory Coast because she just got US citizenship, which is wonderful. It means that she can travel mm -hmm. um and she brought me a wonderful dress this month so i help people with job interviews and resumes and i do stay in touch not with everybody but with a lot of students well i think i think you're awesome and fantastic um <laughs> will you come back and talk to us again because there are other things mm -hmm. i want to talk to you about i want to talk to you about brain tumors again i want to talk to you more about your teaching and just stuff in general so oh, I, I, I would love to have you back if you're willing to come back. Sure. Thanks, Jamie. All right, Morgan. Well, thank you very much. Sure. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. That's it, guys. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Morgan. I plan on bringing her back to go into further detail about the brain and how amazing it is, as well as hearing more about the people she teaches. Take care of one another, and thanks for listening.